Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the Betters Box. It's BangTheBook.com's MLB betting podcast for Thursday, April 30th. I'm your host, Adam Burke. This and every edition of the Betters Box presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB and the number 200 is that promo code. 100% deposit match bonus for the Sportsbook. 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. Trying out a new headset mic for today's show. Hopefully this one sounds a little bit better than the last one. I guess we'll kind of wait and see how that winds up coming to fruition here. But over at bangthebook.com, lots of NFL betting content, lots of draft recaps and reactions, some updated futures odds, whole lot of things going on over there in hopes that we get the NFL season here on time or at least get the full schedule for that. Also, the Arkansas Derby, that's coming up this weekend Two divisions here. I'm going to have a preview of both divisions over at bangthebook.com. Working on those today. Should have at least one of those divisions up today. Maybe one of them tomorrow. But going to try and get those to you. My horse racing previews have been a real deep dive. Uh, Maybe I need to work on the uh, efficiency of those previews. But very deep dives there coming up for the Arkansas Derby. Of course, you can check out my MLB betting guide in PDF form over at bangthebook.com. And also, too, looks like NASCAR could end up being the first sport back here in mid-May. We'll be covering all of the races, and it looks like they may be doing two a week over at the website. Then golf probably coming here in the month of June as well. So we'll keep covering that. And once we get NBA, NHL back, MLB back, we'll be covering all those over at the website as well. Uh, Finally, after the weekend on Monday, we'll do the Monday Mailbag once again at Skating Tripods on Twitter. Adam at bangthebook.com via email or skatingtripods at gmail.com via email as well to send in your questions there for the Monday mailbag. And speaking of the Monday mailbag, I wanted to circle back to a question that I had talked about a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast with relation to the books knowing the same things that we're using to handicap. And I just want to talk a little bit more about what that process is like on the sports book side, uh, based on what I've heard from people that have been in the industry, based on things that I've just kind of picked up, uh, you know, from talking to Brent or talking to some of my other friends that, uh, you know, are part of the business here. And there are a few things worth knowing. First of all, keep in mind that a lot of sports books are putting up overnight lines for the different sports betting markets including Major League Baseball. So the overnight lines are going up long before the lineups are even set, and in some cases before reliever usage from the previous game is even known. So those are two things that are not factored into the into the price at all whatsoever. Those are things that the market kind of incorporates when they set where the line should be. And there are there is some overnight line movement as well. Now it does come with lower limits, so that means a little bit less risk For the bookmakers and the risk managers, there are fewer public bettors in the market at that time. And also a lot of bets come in in the early morning as well. And something to keep in mind here is that one of the chief things that sportsbooks do really well is create a profile of their customers. They're going to be able to separate those long-term winners out from that much larger pool of losers. And they're going to be able to categorize players as well. You're going to have steam chasers. You're going to have market setters, the people whose opinions you really respect, the people that you move lines because of. You're going to have scalpers and traders, people playing both sides of a game, trying to get, you know, plus money prices 
or playing some of those arbitrage games, stuff like that. So the books are able to categorize their players. And when you talk about baseball, which isn't that big of a market, it's not as popular as something like the NFL, college football, stuff like that, you know your clientele a lot better. And you're able to you know, pick out those long-term winners, know where those bets are coming from, and make some steeper and more significant moves on that sharp or that quant action that comes in, and then try to balance your books from there. And the fact that Major League Baseball is a money line sport, much like the National Hockey League and the NHL and all other hockey markets, you get a lot of scalpers and traders. You're going to get people that are going to look to try and take advantageous arbitrage prices on both sides of a game. So just naturally, that's going to balance the bet count for the book. You know, when you think about spread sports like the NFL, like the NBA, college football, and college basketball, middling is much, much more difficult. Being able to get an advantageous number on both sides is a challenging thing because unless you're dealing with key numbers, you're getting, you know, six and a half or seven and a half, six and a half and seven and a half. There's not a whole lot of opportunity out there to be a trader and a scalper. Opportunities are still out there, but they're not to the same degree as they are in these money line sports. So when you have this type of environment with these scalpers and these traders looking for these arbitrage opportunities, that's naturally going to balance the bet count of the book. Now, obviously, big upsets are traditionally good for sports books across all sports, but especially in baseball because they'll shoot down a lot of those money line parlays, a lot of those minus one and a half run line prices, stuff like that. But in a lot of instances, this MLB market is kind of a self-corrector for the sports books in the sense that if you do have really lopsided bet counts, a lot of times that's going to be a very public side. You're not going to get a lot of sh- a lot of lopsided bet counts on games that are drawing a lot of interest or games that are sharp in nature because you're going to get a lot of that sharp buyback or maybe you get the public buyback on the opposite side. So the goal for the sports books isn't to win on every game, but to win on the biggest games, to win the Yankees versus Red Sox games, to win the Cubs versus Cardinals, Astros versus A's, Dodgers versus Nationals, the playoff games, stuff like that. There's not a whole lot of action hitting the board on Tigers, Royals, and Marlins, Padres. And the stuff that you are getting probably is sharp in nature, so you can wind up adjusting your markets accordingly. And baseball, just on its own, has an inherently low theoretical hold percentage. It's much lower than the minus 110 on both sides for the spread sports. So the baseball, the the art of bookmaking baseball is pretty different. And yeah, we can say that they have the same information that we do, but think about this from our side and think about this from their side. A lot of sports books do what I call WCP. The W stands for weight, the C stands for copy, and the P stands for paste. Weight, copy, and paste. There are not a lot of line originators out there in the market. What oftentimes happens is that a lot of these books will sit and wait for lines to be opened offshore, and then they'll copy and paste. And some shops may shade their lines a little bit relative to their clientele's, knowing what they can expect. But in a lot of instances, the opening number will come out. They'll wait for the market to settle a little bit. They'll copy, paste, and then book from there. So there's early risk for those setting the line, 
but most of the books are just booking the rest of the way, balancing action, trying to determine what's real and what isn't, profiling their customers, waiting on that wave of action as lineups get released, stuff like that. So I find the other side of the counter very, very fascinating. You know, risk rooms can be anxious, obviously, but the value is in the information that they get and the ability to analyze and react to that information quickly and correctly. What is a move on air? What is a move based on some sort of injury information or, you know, maybe a starting pitcher change or something like that? Knowing when to dig in and knowing when to keep going. And we hear Brent talk about that a lot on our odds report segments of, you know, I'm just kind of following the market, which means I don't want to expose myself. I haven't gotten any sharp action that would force me to move, but I don't want to open myself up to the opportunity that some kind of sharp money comes in. Or in other cases, Brent will say, you know, I kind of see the market doing this, but I'm holding here because we're balanced here. We found out that getting to this number was kind of a stopping point for us where now we're able to balance our action. So they're looking at information based on what's already happening. We are looking at information based on what we expect to happen or what we hope to happen. They're looking at real-time data of what's being bet with them, where the markets are going, so on and so forth. We are studying pitchers and pitching matchups and splits and park factors and bullpen usage, lineups, the rare situational spot, sabermetric stats, traditional stats. Then some people even plug all of that stuff into models. So that's the advantage that the books have over us. The books can read and react and balance and adjust. And for us, we're trying to figure out the unknown. We're trying to figure out what is going to happen in that game. We have to do a lot of research in hopes of finding an edge. For the sports books, their edge is in knowing what the market is doing, reacting to it, and then moving the number accordingly, which is going to put us either into a spot where we have to make a more difficult decision, a spot where we have to take our medicine and take what we think is a lower edge, a lower advantage, or just pass on the game altogether. So that's effectively what the two sides are trying to do here. When we talk about Major League Baseball, we talk about the markets, and we talk about the information that we have versus the information that they have. We're dealing more in hypotheticals. We're dealing more in what we hope to happen, what we anticipate to happen, what we expect to happen. They're dealing in what is already happening because they're not trying to predict the outcome of the game. They're trying to balance their risk. Sometimes they may take a position here and there, but they're trying to balance their risk and win based on their theoretical hold percentage. Meanwhile, we're trying to figure out what's supposed to happen in the game, all while trying to get the best price that we can. So that's the advantage that the books have over us, and one of the reason, many, one of the many reasons why there are so few long-term winners of great consequence on this side of the counter. You know, you see it every year with the the hold numbers for the sports books across Nevada. Yeah, maybe they're not as big as you would expect them to be, but month after month after month, the sports books win, and that's not by accident. That's just by default, and a lot of that again is because. They're able to read, react, and adjust in real time to what they're seeing, and we're just trying to read, react, and adjust to what we think we may end up seeing. So, yeah, they may have the same information as we do, 
But they're not so much worried about that because the onus is on us to figure out how that game is going to go and try to figure out what our edge is actually going to be. So with that in mind, they don't have to do the deep dive. They don't have to rely on the sabermetric numbers or the data or anything like that. Their data is real. Our data, by and large, it's real based on performance, but we're trying to apply that data to something that we hope will happen in the future. And that does make it really, really difficult. And it is a daunting task and a reason why a lot of betters, you know, aren't able to beat the VIG long term. And you try to set your up, set yourself up for success as much as you possibly can. But again, it's a very difficult type of environment to try and go out there and beat, whether it's baseball or whether it's any other sport that's out there. All right, something else I want to talk about here on today's show, handicapping the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization. The KBO starts, their opening day is May 5th. And there's the KBO has been in the news a little bit here, not only because they're starting up their season, but because ESPN tried to strong-arm them into giving them broadcast rights for free. The KBO said absolutely not. Now they've reached a different kind of deal where ESPN has the rights to show some games. Now, for those of us that are in the Eastern time zone, these games start about 1 o'clock in the morning for us. So, not awesome. Not awesome unless you're a night owl. However, I know people are desperate for things to bet. I know baseball in Taiwan has gotten something of a betting handle here over the last couple of weeks. So, I figured it would be a good opportunity to talk about the KBO a little bit. And like I said, their season starts on May 5th. Now, there's a rule in the KBO that allows for three foreign-born players per team. That was the rule last year. And based on what I'm seeing here with some research I did over the last couple of days, it looks like the rule is the same, where you get to use three foreign-born players. Now, there are 10 teams in the KBO, and just about all of them do have some former Major League talent. Now, these are names that maybe you've heard, maybe names that you haven't heard, some guys that were maybe highly thought of prospects that kind of flamed out, other guys that were maybe sort of fringy types of players that have gone over to Korea and you know maybe weren't going to make it with an MLB team, decided to go play pro over in Korea. A handful of these names here for you. Odrissimer Despagne, a pitcher, he was in the Padres organization, I believe the Marlins organization as well. He's with the KT Wiz. Chris Flexen, a prospect in the Mets organization, He's with the Doosan Bears. Casey Kelly with the LG Twins. I believe Red Sox, maybe. I apologize if I'm wrong with that one. Uh, Red Sox, I'm thinking maybe Dodgers, maybe uh, the Minnesota Twins. Not exactly sure, but he's a guy that had some numbers over there last year. Nick Kingham, he's with SK Wyverns. Uh, Kingham was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ben Lively with the Samsung Lions. He was a prospect in the Phillies organization. Adrian Sampson with the Lotta Giants. Uh, Samson was with the uh, Texas Rangers. Dan Straley, he's also with the Giants now. Uh, he was with, uh, let's see, I, I want to say um, he was with Oakland for a while, Miami for a while. Uh, Warwick Sopold, he's with the Hanwha Eagles. Sopold was in the Tigers organization. Mike Wright, he's with the NC Dinos. Uh, he was with the Baltimore Orioles. A lot of guys with MLB experience, and you notice that Some of the guys that have come back from the KBO, like a Josh Lindblom, guys that were sort of journeymen or, you know, kind of fringy types of prospects in the major leagues, 
tend to do really well over on the KBO side, both for pitchers and hitters. So we got a few new hitters this year over there. Aaron Alther, uh, he was a prospect for the Phillies. He's with NC. Jose Miguel Fernandez, he's with Doosan. He led the league in hits last year. Mel Rojas Jr. with the KT Wiz had a 530 slugging percentage. Tyler Saladino, he played with the White Sox, uh, with the Brewers. He's with the Samsung Lions now. Preston Tucker, prospect. Uh, he's with the Kia Tigers. So a lot of these foreign-born players do go over there and do really well. A lot of these guys that had either a cup of coffee in the major leagues or played in the upper levels of the minors. So as you're handicapping the KBO, look for these names that you know, or just quite simply, it's it's kind of a racial profiling thing. I get that. But the American names, or you know maybe Latin American names, guys like that, those are guys that will, by and large, have success over in the KBO. Now, looking specifically here at some things of note from the KBO, massive scoring decrease from 2018 to 2019. So effectively the opposite of what we saw in Major League Baseball. In 2018, 5.55 runs allowed per game, 1,756 home runs. In 2019, 4.55 runs per game allowed by these pitching staffs, 1,014 home runs. Same number of games, but 740 fewer home runs and a full run per game allowed less by these pitching staffs. And what's really interesting about that is the strikeout rate across the KBO dropped in 2019. 7.5K per nine in 2018, 6.8K per nine in 2019. So strikeouts were down, but scoring was down dramatically, and home runs were down dramatically. So the KBO actually de-juiced the baseball. They found some things out about the size of the baseball and about the core of the baseball, and they actively made some changes. So we'll see what happens here in 2020. We'll see if they want to bring scoring back up a little bit. And obviously there's some incentive to do that because the KBO going to be front and center right now. Japan's not playing baseball. Taiwan is a much smaller league than the KBO. Nothing happening with the North American leagues. So maybe scoring goes back up a little bit in the KBO, we'll have to wait and see. But the big thing is there was a massive scoring decrease from 2018 to 2019 based on some adjustments to the baseball. Now, walk rates in general are similar to Major League Baseball, but strikeout rates are much, much, much lower. There's a higher priority on making contact among the hitters. There's less velocity from the pitchers in the KBO. You you look last year, the most strikeouts actually went to Mel Rojas Jr., I mentioned already, one of those guys that came over from North America from the minor league systems has that MLB background, 120 strikeouts in 578 plate appearances. So that's much lower than what we would see in Major League Baseball for a guy that's going to be up among the league leaders. So that's something you want to keep in mind here if you're handicapping the KBO and looking to bet these games. Much higher priority on contact, a lot fewer strikeouts for the hitters, fewer strikeouts for the pitchers as well. So in a lot of ways, this is kind of a BABIP-driven league. Uh, The teams that are better defensively are going to have more success than the teams that are worse defensively. Like I said, a lot less power from 2018 to 2019. 1,114 home runs in 720 games. 
the NC Dinos actually led with 128 home runs in 144 games. And remember, last year in Major League Baseball, the Twins had, I think, 307 home runs in 162 games, not even a home run per game for the league leader. Last year, 776 sacrifice bunts in Major League Baseball last year in 2,429 games, 436 in the KBO in 720 games. So a lot more sack bunting in the KBO as well. An average of nine runs per game last year in the KBO was much, much higher than that. The previous year was more like 11. So a big difference with the adjustments to the baseball that will be something that we want to watch pretty closely here. 9.66 runs per game in Major League Baseball last season. But of course, as we know, Major League Baseball, there's a lot more home runs, also a lot more strikeouts. So runs in the KBO are scored in a much different way. A lot more balls in play. So maybe exit velocity comes into the mix here in the KBO. We don't have stat cast for the KBO. And in fact, I couldn't really find any sabermetric stats that were out there for the KBO either. But what we can reasonably deduce here, at least based on what we saw last season, and with the expectation that the ball will play relatively similarly, I mean, we've got some exhibition games going on. They're not ridiculously high scoring or anything like that. Here are a few things that we know. One, MLB pitchers or guys that had minor league experience tend to do very, very well over in the KBO. We're talking ERAs under 380. They tend to do very, very well. So if it's a name that you recognize, that's your starting point for your handicap. And if it's two American-born pitchers in a KBO game, that's probably an under or a first five under consideration. We'll see how that's priced into the betting market. And keep in mind, some sports books have been lining the KBO all along. Now we're going to run into a situation where a lot more people are going to start to handicap the KBO. So maybe these things are already bet into the are already priced into the market, priced into the odds, but maybe they're not. So if you've got an MLB pitcher that you know, that's your starting point. If you've got two of them, that game is probably pretty likely to go under the total. Another thing that we know is that there's a high correlation between walk rate and ERA. Because again, keep in mind, there are a lot of balls put in play. There are not a lot of strikeouts. So you're not going to see as high of a left on base percentage in the KBO as you would see in Major League Baseball. Last season, the four worst teams in ERA also had the four highest walks per nine innings. Also, they had the highest hits per nine innings allowed. And in fact, when you go and look at fielding percentage, and I don't think fielding percentage is a great barometer, but we don't have a whole lot of advanced metrics to go on relative to the KBO, the bad teams that allowed a lot of walks and allowed a lot of hits also had the lowest fielding percentages. So this is a league of opportunity. The more base runners you get on, the more runs you're going to score because it's very hard to strand runners. So as you start handicapping this, look for the teams that walk a lot and the teams that make what appears to be a lot of quality contact with a high batting average because those are the teams that are probably going to score a lot of runs here in this league. So there's a high correlation between walk rate and ERA. Not that that's particularly surprising, but it is magnified here because there are a lot fewer strikeouts in the KBO. It's much, much harder to strand runners. 
Something else that is interesting, too, is that teams in the KBO are much more aggressive on the base paths. There was a 31% caught stealing percentage last year. That was the league average in the KBO. MLB is 27%. So a lot more caught stealings, also a lot more stolen bases because there are a lot more opportunities. And again, the teams that get base runners create a lot of offensive opportunities for themselves. So look for teams that walk a lot, teams that get on base a lot, teams that steal a lot, going up against those really bad pitching staffs. Now, I will say this. I did not go through and look at subtractions and additions for a lot of these teams. Now, a lot of these players that I mentioned that are American-born are new guys. Despagne is new. Flexen is new. Kingham is new. Uh, Lively, I think Lively is new. Sampson is new. Straley is new. Mike Wright is new. Those are new pitchers that are American-born guys that should, or American-born, well, they're North American or Central American-born that should have success in this league. Aaron Alter, Tyler Saladino, couple of new American-born position players. I didn't go through and look at exactly the composition of these teams to see who's all the same, stuff like that. Some of these teams have lost guys to the major leagues, like a Josh Lindblom, stuff like that. But I, I would think that by and large, a lot of these teams look relatively similar to what they were last year. Maybe that's a bad assumption to make on my part, something that maybe I'll take a look at for Monday's show. But I think in a lot of ways, this league is, is probably pretty consistent in the sense that the same teams are probably pretty good year in and year out. But again, what we can use from a handicapping process is this. Names you recognize. Major leaguers, minor leaguers. Expected to be very good. 2018 to 2019, massive drop in home runs. Massive drop in run scoring. High correlation between walk rate and ERA. So if you're limiting walks, your pitching staff is going to be better. If you're giving up a lot of walks, your pitching staff is going to be worse. Not a big surprise. Not a lot of strikeouts. We'll see what happens with run scoring because, again, it was down about two runs per game from 2018 to 2019. Massive drops in slugging percentage, stuff like that. We'll see how the ball plays. Maybe take this uh, with a little bit of a conservative approach early on. But, again, I think there may be some opportunity here. And, again, I'm not sure how this league is priced. I didn't really pay attention to it in the past. Something I'm going to take an extended look at here. And probably do some articles over at bangthebook.com. Taking a look at some of these KBO games. Again, I'm not going to go hog wild with this. These may be half unit or a third of a unit wagers. Something like that. But I want to try to separate myself and bang the book from what's going on out there. So I'm really hoping to try and do some KBO stuff over at the website. And you know what? I'm going to be honest and upfront about it. It's going to be a learning curve for all of us here. As we're trying to figure all of this out. So... Again, low-risk type of stuff, but you know what? If I get a chance to handicap baseball right now, I'm going to try to do it, and the KBO will give us that opportunity beginning next Wednesday uh, with their opening day. So I'm going to try to do some articles over at bangthebook.com, kind of taking a look at the KBO, uh, you know, putting some pen to paper here, talking about some of these thoughts that I have, some of these observations that I've made in my research, all that type of thing. So again, coming up on Monday, another edition of the Monday Mailbag at Skating Tripods on Twitter, Adam at bangthebook.com via email, or of course, at Skating uh, skating Tripods at gmail.com via email 
as well. And keep an eye out for those Arkansas Derby previews coming up here today and tomorrow over at bangthebook.com. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Hopefully the audio is all well and good here. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box.